I'm Wendy Michelle, personal trainer and nutritionist turned researcher, innovator, and precision wellness specialist. Welcome to Whole, Healthy, and Free. This podcast is all about equipping you with cutting-edge tools and information for accomplishing your health goals and becoming your best version of you. I have collectively spent over 20 years behind the scenes in clinical healthcare, in food and supplement manufacturing, in alternative medicine, and fitness marketing. What I've seen behind closed doors and experienced in real life has provided me with an education no formal textbook would dare to write about. From it all, I learned that health is much easier than it has been presented to be. People are capable of way more than they realize. And the majority of what masquerades as healthy is commonly what actually contributes to illness. I break it all down and bring it all to light for the sole purpose of giving you your power back so you can reclaim your health to live whole, healthy, and free. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Whole, Healthy, and Free. So when it comes to your health, whether weight loss, fatigue, lack of motivation, disease, etc., you know majority of people actually do feel at a loss. It's not uncommon at all. Feel like there's nothing that can be done. But in reality, you are much more powerful than you realize. And all is not lost. Scientifically speaking, there is significant potential within you that you may have never even heard of. And the truth is, you do have a considerable amount of say when it comes to how your body works or doesn't work. (laughs) So today we will be discussing genetics and more importantly, epigenetics. If you have ever felt stuck or defeated or like nothing that you do is working in the process of trying to obtain better health, this is an episode you do not want to skip past. In my opinion, epigenetics is one of the most profound discoveries of our time. While your genetics may be your basic blueprint, which genes actually get to show off or not, is really not so cut and dry. In other words, let's just say that you're not bound by limitations determined by your DNA. I feel like it would be important to lay a little groundwork because as much as the words DNA and genetics get thrown around, many people are still somewhat unfamiliar with what it all actually means. Let's start with DNA. So DNA is a double-strand molecule that it, it holds your genetic code. And most of your DNA is in the nucleus of each of your cells, and that's called nuclear DNA. Although some DNA is found in your mitochondria. Your complete DNA, or your blueprint, or we'll call it your instruction book, is also known as your genome. Your DNA never actually leaves the nucleus of your cells. It is actually far too precious. And the body won't put it at risk by allowing it to just wander around handing out instructions. So instead, the nucleus makes a single-strand molecule called RNA, which is kind of like a photocopy of the information from your DNA, and it is what delivers the instructions. The RNA is really an important component to understand because what it does, how it acts, how it transcribes, and how it directs things, it's, it's all significant. So for the sake of time, And to transition us to epigenetics, which is the fun part, there's just a few types of RNA that I want to quickly highlight. 
there's coding RNA, and that takes the instructions to the ribosomes, which are like the protein factories. And that's where it facilitates building the proteins that your body requires. This RNA is involved in the building process, but only the mRNA or messenger RNA has the actual recipe. So your body trusts that the mRNA has the correct information as we have been created to build according to our original design. Plus, no one really likes aftermarket parts. <laughs> and then there's non-coding RNA. And this is a molecule that has the information from the DNA, but it does not translate into proteins. Essentially, they function to regulate gene expression at different levels and can influence genetic formation, modification, and silencing. To simplify, and in words that I would more likely be to put together for people, is that your DNA is actually a one-of-a-kind cookbook. With all the original recipes to everything that makes you, you. The RNA is a copy of the cookbook. And the mRNA are the individual recipes. Non-coding RNA might influence how and if the recipe is actually made or eaten. And that takes us to epigenetics. So epigenetics refers to a cellular process that changes your gene expression. These are not changes to the original design, your original blueprint or your genetics, but instead how your genes are expressed or or not expressed. In other words, you might have genetic predispositions to, I don't know, a certain disease. Maybe your mom had it, maybe your grandma had it, but that does not mean that you will express that disease. It doesn't mean that you are destined to endure or suffer it. This is actually where you get to decide. This is why I love epigenetics. Because under certain conditions, perhaps you're more likely to express that disease, but under other conditions, those genes can be silenced. The majority of conditions that would press on this epigenetic process are actually very much in your control. Now, although all of this is looking at function at a microscopic level, it all leads to a macro experience, how you feel overall. These, these micro processes result in more than just whether or not you express a disease. They are hormone production and balance, mood, energy, fat loss, or lean muscle tissue, collagen, wrinkles, memory, focus, etc. Getting the lifestyle, environment, and perception right has a direct influence on all these things, and, and actually a lot more. So today we're going to talk about those influences, and we're going to start with lifestyle. This isn't surprising, I know, to most people, but your lifestyle significantly impacts the environment of your body. Your diet, exercise, and general habits are all contributing information to your cells. So what is your food communicating to your body? Do you, say, nourish your body with high-quality nutrients in support of proper pH and amino acid supply and minerals and vitamins and essential fatty acids? Or does your food or lack of food, communicate toxicity, poison, or starvation? Are you encouraging the elimination of free radicals with superfoods? Or are you maybe adding acid to already painful joints and inflammation or irritable bowels? This is probably not 
what most people think about when they're trying to figure out what to have for lunch, but I would propose that maybe it should be. Also, under this lifestyle component of influence, your activity level, uh, your sleep, how much you drink or, or smoke, what pharmaceuticals you're taking, this all conveys information that is influencing what your cells do or don't do next. And those microscopic cellular reactions become your macro experience. Now, keep in mind that everything that you do is giving instructions to your cells. Without adequate support, your body can actually only do so much. But with intentional and consistent support, your body will line up for optimal expression. There'll be balanced hormones, you'll have restorative sleep, you'll have better stress resilience, healthier sex drive, uh, balanced mood, healthier weight. These are all residual effects of the instructions that your choices have communicated to your body. In addition to lifestyle, your external environment, so what's going on around you, also plays a major role in influencing genetic expression. Things like your water. What is in your water? Uh, the air. What is in the air that you're breathing? What's getting on your skin? What, what's in the beauty products that you use? Your soaps, your lotions, your shampoos. What are in there? What's, what toxins? are you being exposed to? These, these external and environmental uh, elements are, are mostly in your control, I suppose, with the exception of the, the air outdoors. And they're all communicating on a cellular level to establish the state of your internal environment. And in turn, they're determining how your body is going to respond. In addition to lifestyle and external environment, perception is another factor. And perception is perhaps the most powerful. I personally believe that perception is number one. What you think and what you believe will not only change the chemical signals in your body, but they will influence how you manage and care for your lifestyle and external environment. Essentially, it changes how you care for yourself and the choices that you make. I've worked with clients who, who they had perfect diets they got it down pat with the daily exercise. They had adequate sleep. They were living in toxic-free environments, but they were still unable to accomplish their health goals. Why? This one's easy for me because their beliefs and their actions were consistently opposing each other. See, their diet was good, but their thoughts were toxic. Their movement was consistent, but they looked at it as like a stressful chore. Something that they didn't want to go do. And maybe their air was clean, but their perception was full of pollutants. See, our minds are so powerful that they can single-handedly sabotage our best physical efforts. Your body, it's not really emotional. We, as humans, we're emotional, but our bodies, they're just looking for data and instructions. They don't know sarcasm. And when we're just in a bad mood but didn't really mean what we said, they don't know. They're just listening and acting. If your inner dialogue is, oh, oh, I hate this workout. It never works. The body says, got it. This workout is stressful and it is ineffective. Cue the cortisol. And then it goes to work to fulfill the information it was just provided by making the hormones 
as an immediate response to your perception and your words. Another example would be if every time you look in the mirror, you go right for that area that's most frustrating to you. And you think, oh, I hate this belly. And then you maybe you grab it and yank on it and then you call it names and call it fat. And then the body says, got it. This area of the body is our enemy and it is fat. (laughs) And then the instructions have been given and the body goes to work to make sure that what you have said is so. How you perceive has a direct influence on the chemical production and the reactions in your body. We know this based on countless studies using placebos, which, which tend to elicit similar success and or side effects as the medications themselves, depending on what the patient is anticipating will result. We also know this because studies have shown that what medium a cell is exposed to will determine how it divides. It is the medium or the chemical information in the blood that determines the fate of a cell, not actually the genes. According to Dr. Bruce Lipton, gene activity can change on a daily basis. If the perception in your mind is reflected in the chemistry of your body and your nervous system reads and interprets that and then controls your blood chemistry, then you can literally change the fate of your cells simply by altering your thoughts. We also see this influence in Dr. Emoto's work. He's a Japanese scientist who, through his work, was able to show us how our thoughts and even our intentions impact the physical realm around us. He studied how the structure of water molecules change based on words and thoughts. Actually, now that I think of it, this area of perception and how it influences things is also seen in how people perceive and respond to their food. See, with all this confusion about food and diet and what to eat, what not to eat, what I'm supposed to eat, what I'm not allowed to eat, all of that generates fear and anxiety, and then it becomes associated with our eating, which actually can lead to gastrointestinal issues, and it can slow digestion. So make your best choices, but when you don't have control over your food, simply say a little prayer and have gratitude that your body knows what to do. That alone will alter the perception about what you are about to eat And it'll help your body to digest. In fact, three of the main things, you should probably write this down. (laughs) Three of the main things that I commonly tell clients to remove from the diet are fear, guilt, and shame. There is not really any ingredient more toxic than those three emotions. So eat in peace and your body will take care of the rest. Another sneaky element of perception is subconscious sabotage or anticipated negative experiences. And sometimes that begins with the words that other people have spoken over us, especially people that we've trusted. The words of others have a way of settling in and taking root. Even if in the moment we deny that that's true, they still can somehow make themselves comfortable within our mind. So if there are people in your life now or in the, perhaps in the past that have a habit of saying unkind or derogatory comments, you may actually have some false beliefs dictating your perception. It actually helps to take a little inventory of whose thoughts you are having. Whose words are you using? 
are those yours or did they sneak in by way of another person and somehow become an influence that you actually never agreed to? See, is my opinion that the power of life and death truly is in the tongue. And we need to be as cautious about what we say to ourselves as we are with what we say to each other because our cells are listening. And the information that we share through our food, our environment, people that we allow around us to speak into our lives and our personal thoughts are creating health or they're creating disease. And while perception, as we've learned, is powerful, without proper nutritional support and or in the presence of toxins and unnatural substances, we are still unlikely to experience optimal health. See, all these factors need to be considered and applied to the best extent possible to ensure the most favorable outcome. The amazing news is, and why I love epigenetics, is that we have a lot of opportunity to get this right. We are not victims of just some bad genes. Not at all. Actually, our health and our mood and our weight, even our aesthetics, can all be in our favor with the right recipe of lifestyle, environment, and perception. So to wrap this all up with a nice, neat bow, here, let me give you a few ways that you can start crafting your optimal expression. First and foremost, of course, y'all know it's going to be food because, well, it's giving a lot of information to your body that I, I think most people don't realize. So make adjustments to your lifestyle by removing the foods that are full of chemicals, sending the wrong message. We did cover this a little bit back in, I think it was the, the second episode. But as a recap, processed and packaged foods that are not organic are wrapped in and mixed up with chemicals and toxins that mess up endocrine messaging and contribute to inflammation and countless other things. So remove that from your lifestyle by choosing real food that speaks the same language as your body that doesn't come in a wrapper as much as possible. Remember, we we do the best that we can, but this is not about perfectionism, which also happens to be another toxin. (laughs) If you need a diet as a guide, and some people do, some people need something to, to start with. So if you did, I would say look into an organic Whole30. It's pretty easy to find online, and it's a pretty good outline. It's a good starting point. Nourish yourself with real foods so that your detoxification pathways and your cellular function is supported so your neurotransmitters can be built. Stop counting calories and Focus on the nutrients. Count nutrients instead. How much superfoods, how much antioxidants, how much real food with enzymes intact are you getting in? Another way to improve your optimal expression is to check out your water source. Obviously, what you're drinking makes a huge difference. We are mostly water. So if your water is not fresh from a spring, make sure your water is filtered and cleaned. This is key. Cleaned of prescription and birth control residue. Yes, that, <laughs> that is a thing in our water. Also, fluoride should be removed. You can check out a website. I believe it's findaspring.com that actually will link you to springs that are local to wherever you live. And if you're not into the process of gathering your water from a spring, you can also look into Berkey water filters for your home use 
I'm actually not affiliated, but I have a Berkey and basically everyone in my family and all my clients have Berkey water filters. I love the fact that you can add the fluoride remover um, to the filter itself. Another area is your air, the air quality in your home. Studies have actually found that the air in our houses are more toxic than the air outside. So check out the air quality where you live or where you work. And if you're in the position to do so, consider investing in a quality home air filter like Air Doctor. That's my personal favorite. Again, not affiliated. I just happen to have one and I have found it to be phenomenal. Oh, also do a semi-annual mold test. Um, Check out the mold in your home. Um, It's pretty sneaky stuff. Sleep is another important one. So As far as this is concerned, and we'll have to get into sleep in another episode because it is um, definitely worth chatting about at length. But for now, commit to a consistent bedtime and wake-up time. It's harsh on your body to to go to bed at different hours and wake up at different hours. And even if you're getting in the six to eight hours of sleep, it's just a lot biochemically to, to make all those fluctuations. So as much as possible, keep those consistent bedtime and when you wake, even if it's on the weekends. I know I like to sleep in too, but for the sake of optimal expression, try it out. Also naps are your friend. Another area is exercise, but I'm going to call it movement because I I think what's more important is not next like quote unquote exercise, but sweating. Make sure that you're sweating at least 30 minutes a day, if not more, ideally more, but go for 30. And you can do this whether in a sauna, like infrared sauna, or some kind of movement that you enjoy. And that is key. When your movement is not stress-inducing, it's not like, oh my gosh, I have to go to the gym. I didn't get there. I mean, just think about all the perceptions that are being created in just that thought alone. Find something that you love. Do movement like it's recess, that you get to get out of your chair and you get to go play for 30 minutes. I don't know what that is. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about how many calories you burn or if it's the most effective way to use 30 minutes. It doesn't matter. If you can get joy out of 30 minutes of sweating, you will have accomplished way more biochemically than choosing the most effective cardiovascular machine and going there with angst. As far as perception is concerned, I think it's important to detoxify your thought life. Observe your thoughts throughout the day. What are you saying to yourself? What are your thoughts as you arrive at work or as you arrive home? And how can you shift your perception? One way to do this is pretend that your inner dialogue is your child. And let's say your child is crabby all the time or always complaining. How would you help your child reframe a situation Give them a new way to look, a different side of the coin. You know, show them the silver lining. Whatever that is, do that for you so that you can change your perception and make an intentional decision to find the good so that your body can respond with the supporting chemicals like oxytocin and serotonin. Oh, this is a big one. And I actually don't know why this isn't talked about more often, but um, tell the truth. See, lying is actually very toxic, and your body is not fooled. When what you desire is one thing, but what you do is another, your body is fully aware of that incongruency. And that leaves you with a body that doesn't trust you. And that 
contributes to the feeling off and dis-ease. Dis just that feeling of, I don't know, something's not right. I can't put my finger on it. I'm just not motivated. I don't care, whatever. A lot of times that's because there is a higher calling. There is something more that we long to do, but we have denied ourselves the ability to do that. Or we've said that certain circumstances won't allow us to. And so we've put it off and we've put it off. And our body has a way of bringing those things back up again. And we can ignore them all day and lie about them. But our body um, will speak when we don't. Speaking of speaking things, when you speak, speak life. Speak life over yourself and speak life over others. Watch your words, especially around littles. Because now we know the long-term trauma that hurtful words can cause. Let's not perpetuate it into the next generation. Let's be good stewards of our words. And again, that's going to result in different chemicals that your body creates in response. And now, by using your words in a way that are cautious and loving, you are also contributing to the chemical reaction in the body of the person that you're speaking to. And one of my favorites, serve others without agenda. See who needs help. Something comes to mind and you go, oh, I wonder if so-and-so needs a, a word of encouragement today. Or, oh, I wonder if, you know, that organization needs some help. I know how to fix things. I don't know. But do it without an agenda. And in fact, I'm not even going to tell you what this exercise will do for you because it's the without agenda part that actually keeps it pure and most effective. Besides, the benefits of it are so immediate and obvious that you don't really need me to tell you anyway. So that's kind of a big topic, but I hope that it made sense and it helped to, to put some things in perspective as far as genetics are concerned and most importantly, your epigenetics and the control that you really do have over how your body functions. And, and that really just, that really wraps up our episode for today. Um, if there's anything in this content or in this episode that you think would be helpful to any of your friends or family, um, please share this with them. Uh, don't, um, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast too. I always, I always forget that. And sign up for my email newsletters so that you never miss out on news or special events. And you can do that at my website at wendymichelle.com. You can also find me and follow me on Instagram and Clubhouse. I do live chats and Q&A about each episode, and it'd be really fun for you to join me over there as well. I will be back next Wednesday with a new episode, but between then and now, stay hopeful, insist on the truth, and, and do not give up. You really have been created without error. And you are capable of so much more than you've been told. Thank you sincerely for your open heart and your open mind. I know, I definitely know that the path to becoming whole, healthy, and free is sometimes very challenging. But there is truly nothing like defying those damn limitations. <laughs> and I am so honored that you spend your precious time listening to me talk. So thank you and have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to Whole, Healthy, and Free. I will be back soon with another edition of the podcast. I invite you to check out my next episode once it becomes available on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. Until then, 
Stay focused, insist on the truth, and do not quit. You are so much stronger than you realize.